driven, ambitious, and love all things marketing. I'm Emma with 10 years of the marketing industry experience, two degrees, four awards, and a whole heap of learnings along the way. I'm here to be your marketing mentor and tell you everything I wish I'd have known to give you the skills and confidence to become a superstar marketing manager. And I'm here to be your biggest cheerleader. So pour yourself a cup of coffee and let's do this. Hello, welcome back to Marketing Nuggets and we are in the countdown to Christmas. I have not done my Christmas shopping yet. Every year I'm like, I'm going to be super, super organised and yet I have not. So if you have finished your Christmas shopping, I am very jealous. I will probably be out there on the 23rd of December trying to get what is left over in the shops. But anyway, I hope you're fully in the Christmas spirit. My Christmas tree is up. I have been listening to Christmas music whilst prepping for this podcast. So yes, I did prep for this one. So it should hopefully flow. If you listen to not last week's episode, but the couple episodes before that, it was very much talking about 2024 trends. But then the one after that was prepping for 2024. And one of the eight steps that I talk about is reviewing, looking, seeing what's going on. And The ideal, right, is that you've always got a pulse on marketing, you always know what's going on. Realistically, there will be peaks and troughs throughout your year where you are so stuck in your day-to-day that you are not able to see what is going out and what the best marketing is happening out there for you to get inspiration out of, which is totally fine, totally normal. But I really suggest that around this time of year or whenever you make your next year's plans, be that literally next year, like how I do mine from January to December, you take that step back from the business and before you dive into making your plans, you are not only reviewing things like your audience, your own marketing, your results year to date, what media landscape is coming, what the trends are, but also just generally what's going out in the marketing world, what are other brands doing, other industries doing, and it can really help to change and shape your direction. Now, you all know that I work in B2B now. However, I am not a classic B2B marketer. I've always worked B2C before this current role and it's something that I don't really think I'm a B2B marketer or a B2C marketer, I just think I'm a marketer and I just kind of use whatever tactics, channels and campaigns are going to really resonate with my audience. And so that means a lot of times when I'm looking at what is working from a marketing perspective, I'm not looking at their industry and I'm not looking at their, if they're B2B or B2C and I'm not looking if they're product or service because at the end of the day, really good marketing is really good marketing. And so if you are a B2B marketer and you're only looking at B2B marketing, then the best inspiration you're going to get is a couple of webinars and a white paper. So I really suggest that you broaden your horizons and look around and see what else is going on. Also, it just helps to see what other perspectives are and it is interesting. So Today, I thought I would do my Marketing Nuggets Awards for 2023, the best ads and campaigns that I have seen, and more importantly, what we can learn from them to take into our own plans for next year. So we've got a couple of different categories. We've got best influencer content, best CGI, best cheeky campaign, most reactive content most emotive campaign, the best partnership and the best campaign that has lasted the entire year. So 
let's get going. Let's get straight into it. And the first category is best influencer content. Now, this one is one that is probably the most difficult because everybody's feed and everybody's socials is so different. People follow completely different influencers depending on what your interests are and what platforms you are on. Now, this year I've spent far too long, probably a disgusting amount of time on TikTok and I have much preferred a lot of the influencers over there. I think that they have just chef's kiss to authentic content. They really understand that when they are mixing brand content and ads into their feeds, it needs to be so similar to what TikToks they already created. And I think it took a couple of years for brands to really understand this, that they had to kind of give that that creative freedom to the influencers if they really wanted to make their ad land and it's difficult from a brand perspective I've been on the brand side it is really difficult to give that full control over to influencers especially like a couple of years ago and it was a bit more unknown but anyway the best one for me and I've spoken about her before was a girl called Holly Morris now Holly Morris is over on TikTok she is fabulous she's late 20s she kind of just documents her life she has ADHD and she's just really honest really like naturally funny and she does a lot of like skits I would say but like kind of not on purpose so I loved her content anyway I think as I said it's really authentic but what I have noticed about her when she's doing these brand deals is I only notice they are brand deals because I am a marketer. She does things really authentic. They seamlessly fit in and it's funny, it's engaging. It could not have been an ad and you can tell that the brands have given her control, which is incredible. So the one that I particularly liked was she had to do an ad about a takeaway service, I think it was Just Eat, and um, publicizing that a specific pizza brand was now available on Just Eat. So instead of doing the usual, like every other creative does and just kind of post, oh, now this is available on just eat and maybe go one little teeny step and like show the ordering process which people do sometimes but she really thought out of the box and what she did was she was like right to her audience she was like I have to do this ad so I'm gonna tell my dad that he just needs to come on camera and then he says to go along with everything I said and then she's like literally on camera like making things up that her dad has to like nod and agree with because her dad doesn't want to mess up her ad so she's like remember when you lived in Italy dad and her dad's like uh and you can see his face like sheer panic and like her asking her all these other things and he's just trying to go along with it and like I literally knew it was an ad and I watched the whole thing because the story was engaging and funny and I think that it's just a big lesson in how best to seamlessly put in influencer marketing and as a brand get rid of that control if you're hiring these influencers you're hiring the influencers not only because they're influencers because they are these great content creators so really look for that merge between people that are not only influencers but can create their own content 2024 is definitely going to be the year of micro influencers I think that there's so many great incredible and I say micro influencers she's got like a million likes so it's not really micro I would say like more niche influencers that's what I'm going to say like they're more in their niches which I think is going to be really really prevalent for 2024 but as brands we've got to give that control over they work so much better so the next one is the best CGI now this is where people use like video, uh, like creative techniques online and it looks real, but it's not actually real. So it's something that is being used a lot this year, actually. And I think that it's one of the things, if you listen to my 2024 trends, one of the things that I'm going to be bringing into my campaigns in 2024. 
For this category, I have a highly commended before my winner and your highly commended is probably the one that you are all thinking about because it's probably the one that I think got the most airtime this year. And that is Maybelline with the fake eyelashes on the top of the tube and then the mascara is going against the wall and then um, the fake eyelashes on the top of the tube kind of brush against the top of the mascara. I'm sure you've seen it, everybody's seen it. And it worked so well because so many people were trying to figure out if it was real or not. It got shared so many times and I just feel like it was a little bit ahead of everyone else. Kylie Cosmetics allegedly copied this, but we'll leave that up to your own judgment. And I just think it's a really simple concept. And like, if you imagine somebody in the creative team like suggesting this, I feel like I would be like, what? Like, that's not going to work. But it's just incredibly, I think, satisfying to watch. It's quick, it's simple, it's interesting, it's different, and it just made people stop. And it's, if you, can you just imagine someone pitching that to you? You'd be like, no. <laughs> well, I would be. And I just think it worked really nicely. You didn't have, didn't have a whole story to it. You know, we talk about how great storytelling is in marketing, but sometimes it doesn't need a story. It just needs to be something that's cool, interesting, or makes people stop and go, huh. And this definitely made people stop and go, huh, is that real? But for me, the winner was way back in February. Now, I am a big NFL fan. Fun fact about me. I absolutely love it. I watch the highlights every week. And so I was obviously all over the Super Bowl content. Now, the Super Bowl ads are obviously one of those big, big things for marketers, especially in the States. And I actually did a bonus episode on reviewing the Super Bowl ads this year. But the one that's actually won this came out before the Super Bowl had even happened. Now, remember, Rihanna gave the Super Bowl performance this year and she has a brand called Fenty Beauty. And not only when she was on stage did she get out a powder compact uh, thing and open it and put a powder on on stage, which iconic, but Fenty Beauty releases really simple CGI video. So imagine it's a conveyor belt and along the conveyor belt is American footballs that don't have any colour to it. And then above it are all of these different colour foundations and they squeeze onto the footballs and give them their colour. And then it goes across. And then in front of the screen, like at the very forefront of this image, there was some football boots and a American football helmet. There was no branding of Super Bowl, no branding of NFL. And it was just perfect. It wasn't too overt. It wasn't going hey, Rihanna's performing next week at the Super Bowl. It didn't have to be so blatant. It was a very subtle but nice way of using CGI, perfect timing. It worked, it capitalised on a national event that not only was a national event, but was very, very pertinent to the owner of Fenty Beauty. So it worked really well. It had great ASMR. It was shared so much on TikTok. It was really satisfying to watch. And it just worked for all of those reasons. The timeliness, the relevance, the not being too in your face, the ASMR, which has been really popular this year in marketing, and it just being there, doing a nod to it without trying too hard. So that for me was the winner. Absolutely loved, loved it. Moving on to the best reactive content. Now, Aldi are always great at this. There's some brands that if you're in the marketing world, as we all are, you'll know that there is brands that are really great at this. I think it is one of the hardest things about marketing. And I think that not only because you need to get your reactive marketing right, 
but also because we're so busy that trying to like pull yourself out of something and be like, oh, we need to react to this is really difficult. And so if you have a PR agency, this is a great thing that they can do. They can bring to you and suggest it, which is what happened with, of course, I'm going to have to award the best reactive content this year to Ikea. They've been on it all year. And the one that they, I mentioned last week about them trolling Balenciaga so well, so quickly, so perfectly has to do it. And I think this wins because not only did it capture my attention so much so that I wrote about it because they just got so much of it right it was relevant to their audience it was funny it was timely they jumped on it within 24 hours they didn't go to this false extent and get a whole photo shoot they literally took the photo that they were trolling Balenciaga of this towel skirt in Ikea's shop if you don't know what I'm talking about go back and listen to the episode before where I really really explain this but I think what I loved so much about it was their reaction was so authentic. And I don't, and in the fact that not only was it relevant because they say towels, but they didn't like spend loads of money, get a big content shoot. You can tell it's literally on someone's iPhone. They've purposely shot it on the IKEA shop floor, just like really, really like brought it down to everybody's level. And I just thought, it was amazing. But it'll be interesting to see what happens next year with reactive content because one of the best channels for reactive content is X, well, Twitter. And so it'll be interesting to see if brands still use that platform to do this or not. Okay, moving on to the most emotive campaign. Now, you're probably thinking that I'm going to pick a Christmas advert and I'm actually not going down that route a brand that you wouldn't necessarily think about did so well. And it had so much more meaning and connotations than just pulling on people's heartstrings because it was so real and so raw. And this is Norwich City FC and they did something with the Samaritans for World Mental Health Day. Now, basically it is two people watching Norwich throughout the season. It's zoomed in on these two people. One person is sat there like, obviously really upset the entire time, grumpy, gives one word answers. And then you've got his friend who's cheering the whole time, um, like trying to get his friend involved. His friend likes not really into it. And they show like progressively different matches. And like the one of the matches, the really cheery guy asks the grumpy guy, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And then you think that you're watching the story and you think it's that the cheery man should have asked the grumpy man more if he was okay and you think that that's where the story's going and it's like oh he should have asked him more what's up and and not just take are you okay at face value and at the very end you see the last game and the grumpy man comes into screen with a scarf and he puts the scarf on the seat where the happy man was sitting and that's the twist that the happy man was actually the person that took his own life and the grumpy man was on his own. And so that was such a big twist because you think you know where this story's going and it's such an important and poignant message that they're saying that check on the people that you don't expect. And I just think it was such a powerful message, important message to put across. But from a learnings perspective, I think that one of the things that I learned was you don't need big budgets. Like that was obviously just shot 
in their stadium. They had a couple of fans there. I think I saw that the marketing manager there said that they they shot it on a couple of evenings. The storyline was really good. Sometimes the message is bigger than the product or service, but it's about your audience. And so Norwich knew that they, I'm sure they have a 90% fan base of men. And so they really wanted to do this with their target audience, like showing their target audience they could really resonate. They weren't pushing football, they they were pushing people. And it was a really important message that they delivered. And from a marketing perspective, also you can turn a predictable story into something with an unexpected ending. And I think that we all thought we knew how that was going to end, and we didn't. So it not only thought it not only made you think as a human and and connect and reflect and think, but it was also like, huh, that's a good tactic too. So had both of them. Okay, so moving on to the cheekiest campaign. Now this one has got to go to Surreal, the cereal brand. So I don't know, they've done plenty of cheeky things throughout their time, but I think my favourite one of this year was one that they did. Now I don't know if these were real billboards or just pretend images of billboards, but they had some really funny content this year on billboards, be it on just social or real life. I think they're on real life. Now, what they did was they had their cereal like on the image, lots of different colors, it was really bright. And then they would have big copy above it. So a couple of examples were official cereal of Ronaldo. And then it had like a asterisk. And then under it, the asterisk wrote, probably not the Ronaldo you're thinking of. Then another one had Serena Williams eats our cereal, asterisk, and then underneath in small it says asterisk, she's a student from London and we paid her to eat it, but the point still stands. And then another one was Michael Jordan loves our cereal, asterisk, and then another asterisk that says underneath, he's just a normal bloke who lives in St Albans, but he really does like it. So I just love it because they're just like toying with us being like, yeah, we can't afford these people. We can't afford, we don't have the marketing budgets to have celebrities in our marketing. So what can we do? And you can just completely tell the creative brainstorm route that that went on. And I just love it. I can only imagine how it developed in the room. People like getting involved, loving it. I just thought, I love it. It's such a simple idea, but it's so clever. Like why has no one done this before? It generally makes you laugh. Like if you're standing at a bus stop and what, like looking at that, you're gonna stop and look. With something like cereal and it's, well, cereal and I think it's high protein, your audience is not as niche. And so having content like that is gonna resonate with so many more people that I really loved it. It's on the riskier side, but like in a good way, it's not rude or crude. I think sometimes when you try and do a bit of a cheeky campaign, you sometimes accidentally go down the rude route. So I love that it was just playful and very shareable. And I'm sure it like made people's a little commute a little bit better. So I really hope it was real and not just on LinkedIn that I saw it, but I love that. They get best cheekiest. Okay, best partnership. Now, for me, this one has to be Skims. And they've done lots of partnerships this year, but the one that I thought was chef's kiss was them becoming the official underwear of the NBA, WNBA, and US basketball. And I love this so much because it is the collaboration that we didn't know that we needed. I mean, was this even a category before? Have you ever even heard of an official underwear of major league sports before? I personally have not heard of it. So if they were, if this was a category before, they weren't shouting about it. I am 
would love to know. I've tried to have a little bit of look, but I haven't seen anything. But you all know me, I plan my episodes in about 10 minutes. But I cannot remember seeing, and I also don't want to research it. Like, it should just be in my face and I should see it. But this is so great. And I think that at first, it's not the most obvious place for Kim to do a collaboration. Skims is historically a women's shapewear brand it's then moved into different areas full-blown underwear pajamas swimwear all of these different things but her audience was predominantly women so this is an absolute masterstroke from kim going into completely new audience basketball fans predominantly male and now she's bringing her brand over there all of those sports players will be wearing her skims and it's basically now she's got the whole of america covered not 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 literally, but I just love it. It's so clever for both brands because the NBA get a massive influencer and a massive brand of Skims and Kim now associated with those three areas with this product, which is awesome, by the way. The shapewear is incredible. T-shirts are amazing. And so it's, it's really clever for both brands and it just shows that you don't need to stick to the norms. So... I'm sure that Kim went, okay, I want to be an official underwear of this. Has this ever happened before? I don't think so. I think she just invented a whole new category. If she didn't, I'm sorry. But she, that is not the most obvious place where she could sponsor. Her audience was predominantly women. And so you would naturally think she's going to be going to something that is much, much more women focused. I know that she is also sponsoring the WNBA, so the Women's League, but just generally, like, there's definitely easier routes that she could have gone down. And I just think it's ingenious. I think that we can all learn a lesson here that you don't need to do the historical sponsorship, which your companies might have done before. You don't need to do the classic partnerships that make sense. Like, look for ones that don't make sense. Look for the ones that are going to stop and make people think, huh, look for the ones where you might enter a whole new audience. Don't necessarily have to just go to somewhere because they are your target audience. So it really inspired me to think a bit more outside this box with partnerships for next year and see what we could do that might be different or inventing a whole new categories like Kim. So kudos. And then finally, the best year long campaign. Now, when I talk about campaigns, a lot of the times I'll be talking about a campaign for about an eight week burst. But that is an example of how you could do a campaign. Some campaigns last a week, some campaigns last a month. Mine typically last about two months, but some campaigns can last a year. Now, this isn't the case for everything. It depends how what your subject is. It depends if it's more of a brand campaign. It depends if it is a particular um, event it's associated with. So if it's associated with a national event like Valentine's Day, you can't have it for the whole year, obviously. And it depends, again, if it's just meant to be like a hook and it's meant to just be something that is a flash in the pan or if it is something that is really core to your brand, you could have it for the entire year campaign, which is great because it means that you don't need to think of a whole different idea. It just is how you can make the campaign last the year without just using the same creative because you don't want to have a campaign for the year and just be put spending the same 10 ads over and over nobody wants that but 
The winner of this for me is British Airways. Now, you might have seen this in somewhere or another. They had really simple creative and it was like white and it had tick boxes on. And the tick boxes would be something, it would say business, leisure. And then the third box is what they would tick. And the third box is what they would change. So it could be something like a margarita in the pool or it could be summer holidays. And they've done this year long. And they started it with an out of office campaign and then it's it's trans and, and winter holidays in early in the year. Then they progressed it to summer and then they've also now just progressed it to Christmas. So I really love this. They had different textures. So this creative could have been on a, it was on a jumper, it was on a napkin, it was on an inflatable. So they had lots of different ones of these. So another funny one was business, leisure, and then it had actually, the tick box was in stag do, pray for me. Another one was business, leisure, it's not you, London, it's me, which was on the side of a bus. They had business, Leslie, mischief. Anyway, as you can see, they had loads and loads of these. They had it all over everywhere. But what made this win for me was how they progressed it to become a festive advert without having to think of a whole new concept. And that's why I loved it. It works in all of these situations. So this festive one was a box of presents. Again, still in the white, like creative, still very simple. Uh, but this one had business, leisure, and then the ticks box said uh, favourite aunt. And I just loved it. And that was in a newspaper. So they didn't think of something else. They thought, how can we progress this campaign throughout the year? How can we make it work for winter holidays, summer holidays, Christmas? And it just really worked. They freshened it up with a couple of tweaks. They had that consistency. It doesn't work for everything, but I think it's a really great lesson that it can work if you have a brand campaign and you don't want to keep doing you don't want to have four different brand campaigns a year you might just want to have one brand campaign that lasts the entire year and then layer on a couple of maybe product launches or new services that can act as campaigns so this is great for us marketers that don't have massive massive teams that can't think of whole new ideas all of the time get that one really great brand campaign idea and then evolutionize it that's not the word progress it throughout the year so that you are moving it along doing small tweaks but not having to change your creative my biggest piece of advice though is if you do this make sure that you have tested it thoroughly that it will work and it resonates and it works it to your audience before you commit an entire year for this because there's nothing worse than having a brand campaign that flops and then you're like oh well, that was going to be our storyline all year round so yes it could work and that's it. They were my categories. If I was going to do a breast American campaign, I love all the ones for State Farm. I am constantly on Patrick Mahone's Instagram looking at all of the ads that he does. I think that America does hilarious ads all of the time. They really play on humour a lot more than British ads do. And that would be the one that I would go for on that. I hope that so this inspires you to go and look at more campaigns, to go and look at ones that worked for reasons that you thought, looked at ones that you thought didn't work. Look at the ones that are in your industry, not in your industry. Just take the time to really just remember that we're marketers and take that inspiration from everybody else, some amazing work that's going out there to really then help change your plans, put into place and see what works for you and what you might want to take forward. So 
Hope this was an interesting episode. I really enjoyed this episode, something a little bit different, reviewing other people's campaigns, but I hope that you enjoyed it and I will talk to you next week. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to my Marketing Nuggets podcast. I've been your host, Emma, and I will catch you next time. Bye for now.